is good. Let me say amen. amen. Hey, you guys could go ahead and grab a seat. Man, I am excited because today we get to continue our sermon series that we are calling We Are Redemption. And it's a look at our core values as a church, that these are not just words that just describe us, but these are words that define us. This is not just what we do as a church, this is who we are as a church. And let me give you our five core values that we have been walking through. We've talked about a value of worship. We live by a value of community. We live out a value of serving others. We live out a value of evangelism, sharing our faith. And today we're going to learn about living out our core value of generosity. And I need you to understand something is that as a church we are generous because as individuals we are generous. And it is the people that make up the church. And so what we're looking at over this series is the lifestyle that Jesus models before us. And how many of you know Jesus was generous? Jesus was so generous that he gave his own life for us. And so we're going to learn how by living the lifestyle of Jesus, we can experience life change that comes through Jesus. If you want to experience the life of Jesus, you must adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. And at Redemption, we know this, is that life change is a lifestyle. And so we're going to learn about lifestyle generosity from my good friend. Nobody models it more through his testimony, through his story, is my friend Jamie Paul in the house again. Come on, let's give it up for Jamie today as he brings the word of God. Oh, so good to be in Texas. All the way from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, it's so good to be with you. Everybody watching online, come on, can we give it up for those that are watching all around the world right now, including, I believe, my beautiful wife, Amber. I love you. Hello. Possibly my children. I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. Thanks for being here today. I love you, Jet. I love you, Banks. You're the best of the best of the best. Well, coming from the Northeast into the South is amazing. I love it down here. The sweet tea, the barbecue, the fried chicken, the hospitality, your love of God, your love of, well, there's many G words that you love, but it's Texas, baby. It's a good place to be. Who's been to Philadelphia before? Anybody online? You've been to Philadelphia in the room? You've been to Philadelphia? Yeah. Most of you haven't, and uh, there's really no reason to go. So... The <laughs> The Liberty Bell is really tiny. It's not that big. They house it in some random building, and people come from miles and miles and countries and lifetimes away to come stare at a small bell, and then they leave. And I wonder, why did you spend 10 grand to do that? That doesn't make any sense. So uh, let me save you a lot of time, a lot of heartache, a lot of money. Google it, okay, and just stare at it. Make it a screensaver. It's yeah. I mean, if you're a history buff, I mean, you come visit the city, you can walk around, you'll see some really cool things. I mean, I don't want to hate on my city too much. I have lived there for eight years, all right? But I'm familiar with the Southern hospitality because I'm originally from Orlando, Florida. Hello? Come on, somebody. So I get the South. Um, God just disliked me enough to send me to Philly. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Sorry, Jesus, you do love me. Well, today uh, I'm finishing, concluding our series 
and uh, on our core values, and I have the privilege and the honor to talk to you about generosity. Uh, I do want to tell you that today I am not talking about money, okay? I'm not talking about money. If you're watching online, I'm not talking about money. I am talking about a heart posture. I am talking about a mindset. I am talking about a lifestyle where we live to give, where we live open-handed and not close-fisted, to where we are like Jesus, because the foundation of our faith for all of my biblical scholars in the room, because I know there is many of you, the foundation of our faith, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. gave. I heard you online. That was loud. That was good. You type it in the chat. For God so loved the world he gave. So today when I talk about generosity and the lifestyle of generosity, what I'm going to do is I'm going to share through the scriptures. I'm going to pair that with our story. It's by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony that we defeat the enemy, that we live uh, in boldness, that we live free by God. We're under grace and we live free. But there's a lot the scriptures have to say about a lifestyle of generosity. So if you're ready to go on this journey with me over the next two hours and 20 20 minutes, say, let's go. If you want to go on the journey for 29 more minutes, shout loud, let's go. Okay, okay, 29 minutes. There we going to go. Okay, so to understand my, uh, my passion behind this topic, you must understand my story. Now, I don't know if I've said this already, but let me be clear today. I'm not talking about money. Look at your neighbor and tell him he's not talking about money. Okay. But the best example that I can give around a lifestyle of generosity is actually a story. It's my story. It's my wife's story around generosity in our finances. So that's the story I'm going to use. And then I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to do the work that he does in your life through his scriptures and this story. Does that sound fair? Okay. So I grew up in a household where there was always too much month at the end of the money. You know, a lot of people, they, they've experienced that. You get it. I see you're like, uh-huh, yeah, I've been there before. I know. You know, like five gallons of suave shampoo for a dollar at, at the dollar store, okay? You get what I'm saying, you know? And I remember that for us, it wasn't, you know, we got to the 26th and we were trying to get to the first. It was we got to the first and we were looking for the first, and so I just experienced uh, chaos when it came to money. And I do have to say that my, my mom and my dad, I love them dearly. I am who I am today. They had me in church. They had me read the scriptures. They had me uh, join youth group. They had me serve uh, in leadership, all the things. So I am who I am today because of that. But in this slice of the pie of life, when it came to generosity in personal finances, when it came to money management, I'd say the big money management and stewardship, it wasn't the best. In our household, I watched my family file for bankruptcy. I don't know if you've ever experienced that before. I don't know if you've ever been through that before, but it's devastating on a family. I watched as the childhood home that I grew up in, we had to move out of, and uh, we moved into another home. And I soon after that, a few years later, became old enough to move out. Thank God I'm not 45 living in my parents' basement. If you are, please leave. Okay, and uh, <laughs> that wasn't for you, it's your neighbor. And so I, I remember I moved out, and then shortly after that, I watched my family uh, have to move out of their, their home that they were in and move into an apartment, and, uh, and they've been there ever since. And 
I said one thing. I don't know if you've ever said this, but I said, I'm going to do it differently. When you watch the pain and you watch the struggle and you watch the strife, you go, I'm going to do this thing differently. Well, I've got um, some really horrible news to report to you, and that is I did it uh, the exact same way. And over the next uh, many years of my life, I was a horrible, horrible steward of my finances and of the resources that God gave me. And to the point that I woke up in May of 2018, which just was a few short years ago, though it feels like a lifetime. It's four and a half years ago. I woke up and I was in prayer and the Lord began to deal with me strongly. Because he said, Jamie, this is not how I created you to live. Now, not some booming, audible voice from heaven. Let me make that clear. It was a sense I got in my spirit as I was praying. And uh, in particular, the area of finances. And I began to do an audit, and this is what I realized. I was $125,000 in debt. That's not a mortgage. I had 11 credit cards fully maxed out. Over 40 grand in credit card debt. This was not business debt either. I want to make this clear. This is me personally World-class moron is what I would say. <laughs> I, uh, I, we had student loans through the roof. You know, I was so crazy that I actually, because of how poor I was growing up, we actually had enough grants to put me through school, but I still took student loans to try to live a lifestyle to impress people who didn't care. And so it's student loans just through the roof. I, I remember that I owed money to my grandma. You know how crazy I was? My grandfather died. My grandmother was in the in the, in the saddest, if that's a word, worst place of her life, and then I asked her for money. I mean, what type of terrible person does that? I, I owed money to the KG, I mean, my in-laws. <laughs> I mean, I just owed everybody money. And the Holy Spirit said, Jamie, I, I didn't create you to live like that. There's a problem here. There's a real problem. And you know what? I love you. I want to get you out. And like any good believer, like any good Christian, I did what any one of us would do is I fell to my hands and to my knees. And then I looked up to heaven and lifted those hands and said, God, I thank you for the $125,000 check that is coming in the mail. <laughs> and because God is so good, I just sensed that, that the reality was what God was going to do was take me through a process so that I could learn a few lessons on the journey so I would never become the person that I used to be. You know, that if God just supernaturally, magically gets you out of the hardship that we have created over decades and decades and decades by our own decisions, because let me tell you something, no one went and swiped the credit card for me, only I did that. Nobody overspent on a vacation for me. I did that. Nobody got a, f a car that they couldn't afford. I did that. You know, I was making my car payments every month until I couldn't afford them. Then they went late for three months, and then I hid that car in my backyard. Huh. But I drove a nice car, so I thought. But again, living a lifestyle to impress people that don't even care. And here I am, messed up, jacked up, not anything like my Savior, who loved me so much that he gave everything, just completely and utterly self-consumed, all about Jamie, whatever Jamie wants, whenever Jamie wants it, me, 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 me. And it left me in a place of despair. You know what's really interesting is uh, that doesn't just apply to people who have financial poverty. There are people who are financially wealthy, yet they live in despair every single day because they have no real purpose because they've spent their whole life focusing on themselves and creating their own kingdom, and they left God's kingdom out of the picture. Oh, 
You know, the people that I find that have the most purpose in life, it has nothing to do with their financial statement. It has everything to do with their purpose in the kingdom. I know some people that, that have no debt and make very little income, but they serve so much in the local kingdom and all of their needs are met and they're building for their retirement. I also know people that run $100 million companies that I'm personal friends with that on a drop of a dime will give every penny of it away. I got a phone call in March and he's, I, from a CEO. He said, Jamie, I just made a million dollars. And I sat in my living room. Listen to me. I sat in my living room and I wept with my wife as we wrote checks and gave it all away. Because I can't take any of it with me. So what I would rather do is make a difference in the kingdom. And why should I continue to pile up all of this money for no reason? Why don't I change the world? Well, he lives a great lifestyle. He just bought himself a Bentley for his 56th birthday. He's a great man. But it took him 15 years to buy it because he was so uh, consumed with helping others that he said, how dare I go and purchase something that is just so outrageous for no reason. Until he was in prayer one day, I'm speaking to some wealthy people in here. Until I was in prayer one day and I realized that Bentley would open more doors for me than I could ever imagine, which would then generate more income into my business so that I could give more away to help more people. He said, I bought the Bentley and I immediately joined the Bentley Club of Florida. I immediately, got into, I, I immediately got into more circles than I've ever been before. Your generosity is not based on your financial statement. A lifestyle of generosity is based on your heart posture and your mindset. And here I was in complete despair. And I was like, Lord, get me out. And he said, Jamie, I can do just that. And I'm going to speak to you. And guess how he spoke to me? The same way he would speak to all of us through the scriptures. But if you don't read your Bible, you'll never hear the voice of God. That's how you hear the voice of God is in scriptures. And so I went, it was in Proverbs 22 through 4 through 9, and the Bible says this. The reward of humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. Thorns and snares are in the way of the perverse. He who guards himself will be far from them. Train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower becomes the lender's slave. Oh, wait. Lord spoke to me. You're a slave. You're a slave to Chase Bank. You're a slave to Citibank. You're a slave to First Financial Bank. You're a slave to your in-laws. You're a slave to your grandmother. You're a slave to Sally Mae. You're a slave to Freddie Mac. You're a slave to, and the list went on and on and on and on and on. Baby, I listed my debts out. I listed them out, and I had over, oh, nearly 40 debts that I owed to people. Living in mass chaos, only thinking about Jamie. And the Lord said, you're a slave. In verse 8, it says, he who sows iniquity will reap vanity, and the rod of his fury will perish. Check this out. But in verse 9, and it set me free, he who is generous will be blessed, for he gives some of his food to the poor. And I knew very clearly on that day of May 2018 that the Lord was calling me to live an outrageous, audacious, crazy, makes no sense, generous lifestyle. So I said, okay, Lord, I'm on board. I got home, I talked to my wife, and I was only on board in that moment. Like, I, in my heart, I said, I'm on board because the other part of my heart knew I would get home and my wife would tell me, no, we're not doing that. I like to shop. And uh, I got home and she said, thank God you're a changed man. <laughs> I'm so tired of living in this mess, in this disgust. I'm so tired of just living like this. I don't wanna do this anymore. Whatever it takes, I wanna do it God's way. 
Man, we should be thankful in the room for godly wives who correct us when we get out of line, right? Thank the Lord for that. And my wife is like, Jamie, let's, let's get out of this mess. So we began this journey of generosity, I would call it. And so I asked the Lord, I, I said, Lord, I want to go on this journey, but you're going to have to teach me some things. And the first thing he taught me was this, that he is my source. He's, he's not only my source, friend, he's your source. Hey, guess what? Your job, it's not your source. Your 401k, those mutual funds, that crypto investment, hello, you definitely know that's not your source. <laughs> so do I. And uh, <laughs> take that for what that's worth. None of it's your source. Your business is not your source. Your talents, your giftings, none of that's your source. You know what is your source? God is your source because God gave you the breath in your lungs. God gave you the blood in your veins. God gave you the ability to work. God gave you the brain inside of your head. God gave you your arms, your legs, your feet. God gave you the job you have. God gave you the business idea you have. God gave you the energy to execute on it. God gave you the ability to rest. God gave you the ability to be healthy. God gave you the ability to live. God gave you those relationships. God gave you those buildings. God gave, God gave it all to you. You're just a steward of it. That's the best part about it, is that we're actually just stewarding his resources. Sir, it's not yours. Stop acting like it is. It doesn't belong to you. It belongs to him. You're just a steward of it. That's actually, that's, and the better we steward, the more he gives us. You've actually been a great steward. Congratulations. Like literally, congratulations for building the wealth that you have. You stewarded God's resources well, so he chose to give you more. Read your Bible. It's the parable of the talents, right? It's the parable of the talents. The one who had one squandered it and got nothing. And then the other ones, they doubled it. They added to it. So God then took the one from the person who didn't do anything with it and took it away and gave it to somebody else. You ever heard the statement, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer? It's biblical. God loves a good steward. So when you steward well and you live with an abundant mindset and you say, God, I'm going to do everything I can in all ways, all ways to honor you and glorify you because I don't work for myself. I don't work for my family. I work for your kingdom and I'm outrageously generous and on a drop of a dime when you speak to me, I'll do it. Watch what happens in your life. Uh, he said, Jamie, I'm your source. So like if you lose your job or the stock market goes nuts, guess what? Heaven's economy is not subject to what the American stock market does. You understand that? Why are you all in turmoil? Oh, I'm only two years away from retirement, and look what the stock market's doing. Great. But if you live in God's economy, you realize that he never leaves you. He never forsakes you. And if he feeds the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, surely he will take care of you. Oh, that's so good. Oh, that's so good. He said, Jamie, Psalms 23, 1, speaking to me through his scriptures, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. You have no lack. None of you in this room. You don't have a single lack. Deuteronomy 8.18 says, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Proverbs 10.22 says, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. Oh, the NIV, because it's better English, it's easier for us to understand. The blessing of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil for it. You don't have to be in pain as you build wealth. It doesn't have to hurt. I mean, there's sacrifice involved, but if you're doing it for the kingdom, it feels great. Oh, man, so good. So I was like, okay, God, I need your help. How am I supposed to do this? All right, well, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to make a plan. Number one, you're going to make a plan or a budget, but that's a curse word, so I didn't say that. So Proverbs 16.3 says this, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Well, I mean, if you don't make a plan and submit it to the Lord, how can he establish it? Right? 
Luke 14, 28 says this, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? We get in a whole load of mess when we go off and do something without first creating a plan and submitting it to the Lord and then executing on that plan while being sensitive to what the Lord is saying. Oh, so good. Then all of a sudden we get to the end of the project and we're way over budget and we wonder what happened. Well, what happened is for me, I never paid attention. Let's go further back. I never even made a budget. I never counted the cost. I never submitted anything to the Lord. I was doing it under my own power. I was doing it my way. And the Lord was doing everything he could to do heart surgery on me and say, Jamie, I have a plan. I have a path. And this plan and this path will lead you to prosperity. Oh, wait, now somebody's so mad because I said the word prosperity. Friend, prosperity means moving forward. Literally, that's all it means. It doesn't mean private jets. It doesn't mean Ferraris and Lamborghinis. It doesn't mean 40,000 square foot mansions. If in your lifetime you accumulate those things, then God bless you. I'm in oil and gas country. There's a lot of moguls around here. Good for you. God bless. But when somebody uses the word prosperity, for those watching online, it's not a curse word. It just literally means that God will prosper you. He'll move you forward. You don't have to go backwards. You don't got to go back to the dumps. You don't have to be a slave again. You don't have to go back to the pit. You can move forward in the kingdom of God. And sometimes those forward steps, they look like this. And it feels like forever. And then occasionally, God supernaturally gets involved, and then there are big leaps. But God just does it how he's going to do it. All we need to do is be faithful. I said, okay, Lord. I said, I get it now, kind of. Okay, I'm going to start with a budget. Well, where does my budget start? Well, it starts with giving. Malachi 3.10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Well, in that moment, I had a conversation with God. As I'm, I go, you know what, Lord? I feel pretty good. The Bible says... The Bible says the tithe. I know it's Old Testament. I know we live under grace. I get that. I know that's law and this is grace. But, you know, like grace is not an excuse to do anything less. Grace is a call to more. Why would that God of heaven and earth expect less? He expects more. He expects our whole life, life our whole entire heart. God wants all of us. We don't, we, I mean, the law, like, and that's hard to live under. In grace, God is like, you're free to be in me. When I read the Bible, Jesus was generous. Oh, my gosh. But me, I was like, you know what, I tithe. God's like, I'm not talking about tithing. I'm like, what? No, I'm just talking about tithing. I'm talking about generosity. Jamie, tithing, read your Bible, tithing is returning. There's nothing generous about tithing. That's the minimum. That's the floor. That's where, that is literally the doorway into kingdom finances. That's the doorway. That's, what I mean. that's like, 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 Jamie, that's pre-K, baby. You're pre, no, I'm not talking about pre-K. I'm talking about college. I'm talking about a higher level. Jamie, I'm calling you to outrageous generosity in this life. I'm calling you to give everything. What? God, are you on drugs? <laughs> Did you know I have bills and, and, and debt and stuff? And he's like, yeah, I'm calling you to, to be wild with this thing and be just like me. Don't you realize that I sent my only son to die? But the purpose at the end of it was he died for you. 
the good news is he raised again so that when you die in me, you raise again in me. <laughs> you have eternal life in me. Jamie, I need you to die to yourself and stop being so self-consumed. And I need you to be more like me. And I was like, okay, so then you want me to give? And he's like, yeah, because 2 Corinthians, or, 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 yeah, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't go there. And I was like, okay, it starts with giving Matthew 6, 21. It says, for where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. So that's why the Lord's like, I just want your heart, Jamie. That's all I want in this. You know how you find out where your heart is? Well, God made me do it. So do it today. Go print out your bank statement. See where the majority of your resources go. It has your heart. 1,000%, there's no two ways about it. I printed mine out, and some woman named Wendy was on there 97 times. <laughs> just, just see where your resources are going, baby. I'm telling you, that's where your heart is. It is what it is. And I know some of you in this room, you're so offended because you're looking up here and you're like, yeah, well, you know, you must be doing good now because I, I see those Alexander McQueen tennis shoes. I know how much those cost. Those are $700 designer shoes. Shut up. Somebody gave them to me. <laughs> it was a gift. Somebody sent to me out of the blue to remind me. All they sent the notice. I want to remind you, wherever your foot steps, change comes in that place. And the best way I can do it is to give you something so outrageous that you'll never forget when you look at them. And they could have sent me a pair of Payless shoes and I would have worn them once and thrown them away and said, thank you. Now every day when I put these on, I go, God, thank you that you have saved me, that you have loved me, that you have sent me. God, thank you that you're with me. And impact and change is happening. So then I, I was reading, okay, well, if, if you want me to go above the tithe, well, New Testament grace, well, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9, uh, 6 through 8, says this, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And I said, God, you're going to have to send me joy, because this does not make me happy. <laughs> Just because you're not cheerful about it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. There's a joy in generosity. And the more you practice it, the more that joy comes. Oh, I, I can't tell you how happy I am to give at this point in my life. I wasn't happy then, but I'm so happy now because I've drawn closer to the Lord. Understand this. Giving doesn't bring you closer to God. It doesn't allow God to just say, you're going to come closer to me. But giving, you, giving gives you a perspective like Jesus, which then internally will draw you closer to him. He's not drawing you and, and loving you more because you gave something. You're just realizing I'm becoming more like God, oh, you can't give to get God's love. You can't give to be saved. You can't give so God would, would favor you more. But when you do those things, all of the sudden you start seeing the kingdom of God like you've never seen it before. Oh. And so I was like, all right, God, you got you to gotta plan this thing because those who fail to plan, plan to fail. In Proverbs 28, 20, it says, a faithful man will abound with blessing. Oh, man, the generous will prosper. A faithful man abounds with blessing. Romans 13, 8 says this, owe nothing to anyone except for the obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. Funny, we're under grace, but if you love your neighbor, huh, interesting. All right, and I said, okay, God, if I'm going to make a budget, then what's the next thing I'm going to do? And he goes, you're going to track it. you got to pay attention, Jamie. you got to be aware of what's happening month in and month out. Because what gets measured gets done. If you don't measure it, it never gets done. Huh. I was like, all right, Lord, that's fun. Well, well if I'm going to make a budget, if I'm going to plan, if I'm going to track, then what? He goes, well, then you get to enjoy it. What do you mean I get to enjoy it? 
But then you get to enjoy. You get to enjoy the fruits of your labor because I'm a good God. It says in Proverbs 21.20, the wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. If you want to build wealth in your life, stop wasting money. Wise people make great investments. Hmm. Proverbs 11.25 says this, a generous person will prosper. Who, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. The Bible is so clear about generosity. Proverbs 13.22 says, good people leave an inheritance to their grandchildren, but the sinner's wealth passes to the godly. Huh. I realize I had nothing left for anyone, not my kids. This, this is actually two generations, your children's children. Some of us in this, room, we're, in this room, we are eating our grandchildren's seed. We are squandering what was meant for our grandchildren. And God's saying, hold up. Wait a minute. I created you for a bigger purpose, which is not just you. It's generations to come. Oh, man. And I'm going through this, and God is just dealing with me so, so strongly. And I said, all right, Lord, I'll do it your way. Can I have somebody come up and play keys real quick? <laughs> Maybe it will be more spiritual in here when you come. <laughs> and I remember on the first paycheck, we gave our tithe like we always do, and then we gave a little gift above it. And then we began to pay, we paid our bills, what we could, and if there was anything left over, we paid debt, which in the first month there wasn't anything left over. And we kept working this process, this lifestyle of generosity, where our entire life was based on giving. So when we created our budget, when we created our plan, we didn't create it off the 100%. We created it off the 90%. So when 100% came into my house, immediately the tithe went away because well, that, I'd always done that my whole life. That's one thing my parents taught me, and I tithed. Thank you so much. You're the greatest in the whole world. And, uh, and, and then off the 90, the very first thing we did was give. Hear that, friend. We gave. That's the first thing we did. We gave. Then bills, then debt. The Lord had challenged me to double our giving in that first year in 2018. I'm going to give you numbers over the next couple minutes, and then I'm going to close this thing, and we're going to pray. And these numbers are not meant to impress you because they're not very impressive um, because there's many people in this room that their numbers if they were to tell their numbers it would be much higher you know they say the average millionaire drives a Toyota I looked in the parking lot a lot of millionaires here <laughs> but these numbers are just meant to give you context fair because sometimes people get offended when people give financial numbers I don't know I think it's stupid but just to preface it, it's just to give you context. Maybe to build your faith to realize that you can take your numbers and do the same thing. Just take your numbers and plug them in. So in 2017, $56,000 in income between my wife and I, that was split. We were making about the same money. $5,700 in giving, tithing. 2018, God said double that thing. And by the end of the year, we gave $12,500 because we made a commitment to it. And if you look, if you look at it, I could, I could literally show it to you. We started in May, all of a sudden like that. It was like opportunity came out of nowhere. Opportunity that I'd never had my entire life. All of a sudden, it's like God opened the windows of heaven and said, hey, I'm going to give you more opportunity to make more money. Because you're not doing this to be self-consumed. You actually have my heart. And I don't want you to live in debt because you're a slave if you're in debt. What I want you to do is be free and be free to do my work. You're not supposed to be a slave to your job. 
You're not supposed to be a slave to your business. More than that, you're not supposed to be slave to money, friend. And for me, I was such a slave that God said, I need to take it from you so you can be more like me. Like, like Jamie, you waste so much money, but you never do anything to push my kingdom forward in your finances. Sure, I served and I attended church and I loved the Lord, but I never gave outrageously. But I sure as heck would go through the Starbucks of drive, uh, the Starbucks drive-through twice a day. <laughs> Put it on a credit card. Sure as heck would go out to eat all the time. But never once did I consider that maybe I should be take all of that money and give it into the kingdom. <laughs> what happens is we went from 56 to 72 in income. 2019, the Lord challenged me. He said, "Jamie, I want you to give 30,000 this year." I said, "I made 72 grand last year." And uh, God, we're going to go back to second grade math because apparently you're not thinking straight. <laughs> 30000 on 72, that's a lot. Then somehow have to pay the bills and pay down debt. God, that's impossible. It's never going to happen. Either you're going to do it my way or you're not. Either you get to experience the kingdom or you don't. Okay. We started outrageously giving. Bang, 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 bang. Well, as you would have it, income went from 72 to 135. Boom. Overnight like a rocket ship. We took that, those resources, we gave our 30, we paid the regular bills, we started paying debt. We get into 2020, everybody remembers what happened then, don't remind me, it's blacked out. And uh, all of a sudden, my calendar went away. World shut down. Everybody stopped booking me. Well, I thought, because I do this, a lot of people are like, well, because you do this, your income went up because the story's inspiring. No, it's not, God's my source, because my calendar went away. I preached less than half the times in 2019 than I did in 2020. Less than half. Lord said, give $50,000 in the beginning of the year. Little did I know what was coming in 2020. But God's word is not based on what happens in the economy or what happens in your body. God's word is based on his promise. And if you allow the things of this world to keep you from fulfilling your end of the bargain, oh God, you never get to experience his miracles. Give 50. So we just kept outrageously giving as much as we could. Well, wouldn't you know it, by the end of 2020, our income, we hit the 50,000, our income went from 135 to 157, a $22,000 pay increase. Here's what's nuts. The Lord asked to give, for me to give 20 grand more, and he provided 22,000 more into my household. <laughs> God took care of it, all the while paying down the debt. Boom, boom. 2021, the Lord stretched me, said, go higher. It's exhausting, but it's free. They got to the end of 2021 and we had given 70,000 at the end of last year because we were committed. Which, by the way, is fascinating to me that somebody, my income, by the way, went from 157 to 218. But it's fascinating to me that we were able to give 70,000 off of 218. I'm talking to somebody now specifically, and you may be online. How did little old Jamie and Amber, which, by the way, we had two kids during that time frame, two during this journey. My wife had three major surgeries during this journey. All hell broke loose during this journey. But how in the world could little old Jamie and Amber give 70 off of 218? Yet I, I'm around people who make significantly more and have way more assets than we have, yet they don't give half of what we've given. Does it make any sense to me? Why? And I love you. But when you're sold out to Jesus and his kingdom, 
nothing else matters than fulfilling the great commission which is preaching the gospel and making disciples. Baby, it's all about life change. Yes, God was good to our house. Yes, he positioned us to get debt free. Yes, we saw the hand of God over us. But all the while, our giving was creating life change. Our giving was giving hope. Our giving was feeding the hungry. It was clothing the naked. It was, it was the doorway and the pathway. It was the vehicle. It was the resource that was helping people come to know Jesus so they didn't have to live in eternity separated from him but they could come to know him and spend eternity with him that they could have hope and good news that lives could be changed and all the while I know people that have been saved for decades yet for some reason they spend their whole life building their own kingdom and get to the end you can't take any of it with them none of it you can't take the Louis Vuitton purse with you you can't take the Alexander McQueen shoes with you you can't take the vacation home with you baby passionate about this. I want you to have all of that. I believe in all of that. We've gone on fancy vacations and five-star resorts, and God is giving us properties and giving us real estate, and he's opening the doors for more resources, and the income's going up. But at the end of the day, I can't take any of it with me. I have a call to leave it to my children's children and part of it, but the bigger call is to invest in the kingdom. Holy Spirit fingers, I love you. I don't know where that came from, but it was for somebody. And I've just come here today from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania to just encourage you in every area of your life. Be like Jesus and live like Jesus so you can experience Jesus. I don't want any of your money. Don't give me a dollar. I'm not asking you to put a singular cent in the offering plate, friend. That wasn't the point of this. I just used finances as a story. What I'm asking you to do is please serve like Jesus. Please love like Jesus. Yeah, please give your resources like Jesus. Just be like Jesus. Because when we're like Jesus, not only do we get to experience the beauty and the fruit, but we get to help the world experience the goodness of God. And there's nothing better than life change through Christ. If you believe it, come on, somebody say amen. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know where you're at on your journey of generosity and your relationships. I don't know where you're at on your journey of generosity and your spiritual walk with God. Maybe you've given no time to God. Maybe you walked in not believing in God. I don't know where you are in your journey of generosity with your finances. I don't know how much you give, nor do you need to tell me. All I'm telling you is today is a great day to take a step of faith in the journey of generosity, to give your heart to the Lord, to give your mind to the Lord, to surrender all to him, to open it up and say, God, you can have every piece of me.